Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, 30 Rock Podcast, a weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock, looking at the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blokes that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me today is... David Amick. And welcome to episode 100, and I guess 101, depending on how you like to split it, but uh, entitled, episode 100, uh, parts 1 and 2, because technically they were split episodes... And I think on most streaming services, they're torn between one and two episodes, so it doesn't really matter. It's all semantics. But anyway, this is the 100th episode of 30 Rock, 100th episode of Go To There. So we are now syndicated. We can get that syndication. Yay! Who are we going to pitch this to? Who's going to give us syndication rights? Pop TV. I'll take it. It's better than nothing, I guess. Just kidding. They just canceled their last original show, so I don't think they're (laughs) paying much for anything. Mm Mm-hmm. We're not, we're not expensive. I mean, I mean, I guess maybe they're only going to be syndicating things now. If, if so, maybe, maybe that's exactly where we need to go. What else do they show? Let's. So they were, they were Shit's Creek one day at a time, and a couple mm-hmm. other random shows that are no longer going to be on the air. Mm. That uh, the Ducktales reboot just got canceled too. Oh really? Which I expected that honestly, because like, not to say that all of those actors are big names, but I mean David Tennant. Like Danny Pudi, uh, Bobby Moynihan, all of those actors, like they were clearly contracted. So it's like once their contracts are up, they probably weren't going to be cost effective to keep them doing the show. And they got like they'll have like seventy some episodes once the run's over. So like it's that's a pretty good run for you know a kids show. Most kids shows don't really run that long. Um, yeah. But there are a lot of people upset about it, obviously. But I mean, I never expected it to really. I never expected that show to really last that long. Like. It's a kid yeah. show. Kid shows don't really run that long anyway. I don't expect the Animaniacs reboot to be. Um, I feel like that's not aimed at kids though. I feel like it's aimed. at I feel like it's aimed for the kids that grew up or the parents that grew up with the Animaniacs and how have kids. Like yeah. that's that demographic they're trying to hit. But it's I don't know. It's so different now. It just seems like shows just come and go in the reboots. Like you remember them from the nostalgia, and you might go back to the original to see like how they compare and contrast. But then. A month later, you've kind of forgotten about it and moved on kind of thing. I don't know. Anyway. Poor Will and Grace. That lasted longer, honestly, than I expected to. It lasted about half three? half the life of the original series. I think it got so four reboot, seasons. The reboot lasted th- three, I think, didn't it? Was it three or four? I think it was three. That might. Yeah, because it was 11 seasons total. They only did eight seasons. Uh, yeah, okay, so. Almost half the original. Almost right? half, but. Which not many reboots can say that for themselves, so. Kudos. Anyway, that's not what we're here for. We're here for 30 Rocks 100th episode. Dave, if you would please give us a quick summary slash synopsis of this episode. Hank Hooper is ready to drop the axe on TGS, but when he learns that that evening is the 100th episode and it looks like Tracy Jordan will return, he gives them one more chance to go for renewal. Meanwhile, the Milestone episode is making everyone think about their past and where they're going in the future. After a gas leak causes everyone to go a little mad, Liz Lemon starts reminiscing about what would have happened if she would have stayed with Dennis Duffy, and Jack starts seeing his futures and pasts and futures pasts and all sorts of things that make him wonder what would have happened if he would have risen the ranks further at GE. Meanwhile, Jenna's contemplation of her future makes her wonder if she should become a mother, even though only one other person agrees with her. 
And finally, Tracy finds that no matter how much he tries to sabotage his image, he's still looked upon as a serious actor and begins to wonder what he has to do to just do his easy TV job and be like a normal and be like his normal old self. Yeah. So this is a busy episode. Um, oh, it, is, I mean, it is an hour it long. It is an hour long. Well, with commercials. <laughs> so it's 20 minutes long. No. Um, so yeah, uh, but this is, uh, this is, I think, sort of the apex of the uh, just super snappy, rapid pace uh, 30 Rock episodes sort of we've come to know. Um, especially in the latter half of the the episode, it's just everybody hustling. It's it's sort of reminiscent to Tracy Does Conan, where everybody's like running around trying to uh, the last minute solve everything and wrap everything up. Uh, but I mean, it's also jam packed full of uh, self references and flashbacks and cutaways and, and guest stars and yeah. And it's basically it's it's it starts off like it's going to be a clip show, um, yeah. But then it. And I'm glad that they subvert it, but uh, there's still some clips throughout. Uh, and then they do a funny thing where they have Danny, you know, reminiscing, you know, in the role of Josh, even though he never actually lived that life, but somehow he's picturing everything that Josh did. Uh, it's, and so they're sort of subverting it that way too. But then, yeah, there's the whole thing with Jenna, which brings up a plot point we'll talk to when we get there about her and Paul. Because I feel like the last one we left it off, they weren't back together. They took a break, but seemingly they're back together in this episode. Uh, but her whole story of wanting to be pregnant. She was obviously, Jane Krakowski was pregnant in real life. Um, so they're doing a lot of those fun uh, hide the belly moments uh, until the very end when they reveal that she is pregnant. She's had an hysterical pregnancy, things like that. Uh, the like The fun stuff to do with like time traveling and all of the Jacks sort of coming together to help Jack realize his, his choices and things like that. Like, there's a lot in this episode. Dennis is back. Um, what else? I feel like I'm forgetting things. Uh, so at the beginning, I was, like, really worried that it was it was a clip show and the plot, plot quotation marks, was just stringing dialogue from one scene to the next to, like, go jump back to clips. But, of course, after the first five or ten minutes, then it starts to move into a, a, a normal plot for the rest of the... For the rest of the both episodes um so i don't know overall like i mean i i always like shows being extremely meta and it was great to for all the callbacks to old jokes and old plot lines and guest stars coming back i feel like we've done the from a plot perspective i feel like we've done the liz and jack examine their lives and mm. their choices so many times in the history of the show that to be honest, like it, that wasn't a super compelling plot line to me. So I guess I enjoy the episode for all the callbacks, but like as a straightforward plot, it's I think it's just something that I mean the 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 gas leak was a, was a novel way to drive it this time, but yeah. From from the perspective of that of you know of them wondering what could have been, like I just feel like we've done that so many times that I was just kind of oh, yeah. on that part. And it, it feels like it, it can reach a new level or at least add something to it when they're like arguing in the NBC store about, you know, when she learns that he was going to fire her on his first day and things like that. It feels like, oh, this could add some layers. But then it's kind of almost she forgives almost too easily and things like that, that it's just like doesn't really go anywhere. And you're right. I think especially in this last season, there's been a lot of those, you know, moments of them 
discussing the fact that they've had a lot of talks about how they need each other in their lives or they don't need each other. Like it's, it's happened so much that, yeah, the impact on this is kind of lessened because it's like, well, you've done it. So how many times can you call bluff or whatever? And then, you know, so I can blame it on the gas. Right. Yeah. But it's, yeah, but it's just, it's, 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 it's ground that we've tread. Yeah. A number of times. Yeah. That's a fair thing. But yeah, the the gas, the gas aspect is, is fun. I guess you could gas spec. (laughs) Uh, that's a fun twist to it, and and of course it's Michael Keaton that's playing this head. I don't know if he's the head janitor, but the janitor we've never seen before. One day from retirement. Yeah, he's he's just doing all those really cliche jokes about the person that's last day and they're going to be retiring soon and all that fun stuff. But he does a great job. This was pre Birdman, so he hadn't had that resurgence just yet. Um, but yeah, he's. I guess he was kind of like the Jeff Goldblum of the eighties with. Before Jeff Goldblum became the Jeff Goldblum, like he is currently, where he's just kind of like this sort of avant-garde character who just has weird ways of speaking, and people like him, and he's quirky. But when's Michael Keaton gonna guess Judge Drag Race then? I don't ever see that happening. Mm-hmm. That was awkward. I don't know who was more awkward in the Drag Race judging him or Joel McHale because Joel McHale looked like he was just having a ton well, of fun. Yeah, Joel McHale was doing a bit. I think Jeff Goldblum. I just think he had was, never seen the show before yeah, and didn't know what to expect I and mean, was. Just emotional and bewildered, and (laughs) yeah, all sorts of ways. Yeah, and he didn't know any of the lingo, so he's just like, "What? What does that mean?" (laughs) It was it was fun. It was a fun time, but it was also kind of awkward. Anyway, uh, other thoughts on a hundred before we hopped in? Let's hop Hop in. in. All right. So again, cold open is basically to be setting up the main plot lines for Jack and Liz and learning that. Uh, their show or TGS is going to be canceled, and that Jack needs to start letting go and, and let Liz be her own kind of person. It's going to be important, Jack. I was in the middle of bidding on a bag of bras on eBay. Living Hank Hooper is on his way up from Philadelphia, and he wants to meet with both of us. Why does he want to meet me? Do you think it's a good thing? It's not, hon. I saw that in a movie once, but in the movie, the guy was dead. Nice tie, Jack. How long have you been there? I was sitting in that chair a minute ago. Nope, that was me. What can I say? I smell like leather, and you must be Elizabeth Lemon. Oh. <laughs> well, I'll be Bake McBride, and I know a Philly gal when I hug one. <laughs> now, Elizabeth, I like to look someone in the eye and smile when I say that what you're doing is bad. It's just horrible. Without Tracy, your show is like my cholesterol. The numbers are killing me, so I'm going to cancel TGS. Now, Hank, as you know, tonight is TGS's 100th episode, and we've been getting some good media buzz. We got on Wikipedia this week. So you did 99 shows against all odds and reason. That's something. Now it's time to rest. Really? You want to cancel the only show on your network starring a 42-year-old woman? A show that is number one in its time slot among men 18 to 49, months left in prison. I thought this company was a family, but I guess it's that Austrian family, and I am the girl in the basement, and you are the dad who has been brutally... Thank you, Lennon. Uh, What Liz is neglecting to tell you is that Tracy Jordan is back. Oh, well, that's something. And I would consider it a personal favor if you would let them do the 100th episode and then reevaluate the show with Tracy in it. All right. You get one more shot, just like the Army doctor said to me after my weekend in Okinawa. (laughs) You know, Jack, I'm amazed at how much you will stick your neck out for your people. 
It's no wonder you're here with us good folks at Cable Town instead of running GE. They're mean. Jack Welch once smacked a pretzel out of my hand at the Super Bowl. A bit of a longer cold open. We haven't had one of those in a little while. There's a lot of references in that cold open. Um, I think one of the more obscure ones is the one where she's talking about the Austrian girl that was kept in the basement. Oh, yeah, Fritzel. Fritzel or Fritzel? Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's a horrible story uh, about a girl that was locked in her father's basement for 24 years and... He also forced her to have like seven kids or something Oof. like that with him. It's not good. Um, yeah, that's a that's a dark joke. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot in there. Um, uh, that's the one that stands out. It's super gross and super icky. To segue to something totally different, <laughs> it's the, the interesting thing in that scene is like you still see the dichotomy between Jack as the corporate type and Liz is definitely not because she overshares and is over honest about Tracy whereas Jack is just like oh he's coming back to he's gonna be on the show which I, I know it makes you think of like the way back when I first <laughs> back when I first started working I just remember like I, I had to send an email to some people about something and like my boss wanted to read it over and like I was just like you know I just like explained the situation like and it was long or whatever and she was like well we don't really we don't really need to sh- sh- share this much so I kind of did so I don't know it just made me think of that and how it's like I don't know like your normal person would be like oh here's honestly here's the situation here's what's happening right. and like the corporate is like no 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 we don't no, we don't need to overshare like that right. we just need to be very straightforward and this well I mean you just need to solve the issue or give the solution or whatever which mm-hmm. in this case is Tracy is going to be on the show tonight, so don't cancel us yet. Right, yeah. No, you're right. The fun the fun side of, you know, the non-corporate people. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you're, I'm not going to repeat you. You've already summed it up. Um, but yeah, you're right. And I guess they're both lucky that neither one of them said anything bad about him. Cause he, like, that's a fun reveal, especially the Jack one. Yeah. Like, I, I was just sitting there. What do you mean? I like, smell like lemon. <laughs> I believe it. And, and the line that Jack has, like, no, we just got on Wikipedia, where it's like, it's not like Wikipedia even uh-huh. by this time was new. Like, it had been around probably a decade. So it's like the fact that TGS just got on there and then someone finally just ran out of something else to talk about and was like, fuck it, let's, let's make TGS a Wikipedia yeah. page. I feel like 2011 was still like sort of the Wild West years of Wikipedia, where it was a lot easier to edit than it is now. Now I feel like it's pretty locked down and like it's very authoritative, where back then. It was, I mean, obviously you had to cite references, but it was much, much easier to edit and do things to say whatever than, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's just, I feel like, more heavily moderated and controlled now. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, that makes sense because yeah. a lot of people do use it as a source, so yeah. you want to make sure everything's right. Uh, I, oh, yeah. Also, right at the very beginning, the nice touches Jack is putting on a Philadelphia Flyers tie, which I know sounds was like, wait a second, why would he be doing that? And then, of course, I, I forgot that Hank Cooper was based out of, I guess, Philadelphia. Yeah, so and it matches. Just the, sucking up. Yeah, yeah, because obviously Jack would never wear something that gaudy. Is Tracy back? I'd hate to think I just lied to Hank. Jeez, I'll get it done. You know I'll do whatever it takes. Lemon style. Everybody dance now. Oh. But you're gonna get me another sandwich. 
or I'm gonna cut your face up so bad you'll have a chin. I will waste you! You'll have to go through this old bastard first! And I don't really think it's fair for me to be on a jury because I'm a hologram. What is the holdup with Tracy? I thought you found him. I did find him, but he's still crazy. He thinks he can't be funny anymore because now he's a big Oscar winner. People respect him too much. He told me he feels like a Bartram scrub hair streak trying to crawl back into its silky cocoon, which is a butterfly metaphor, by the way, and not, as I first thought, a list of African-American hair products. Well, you just need to turn the beautiful butterfly back into a drunk, incompetent caterpillar. And I have a plan. I booked him on every morning show in New York. Tracy will destroy all his goodwill in time for rehearsal. I've been prepping him all week. So, Tracy Jordan, my wife Joy and I were at Mar-a-Lago. Jesus was black! Just get him back in time for the show. I have a very full plate. Really? Is it from that pie place? And I'm tired of going to bat for you and your show. Oh, okay. Fine. But just to be clear... There is no pie. Okay. I feel like Jack's frustration isn't fully earned in that scene like i'm tired of i'm tired of going to bat like i don't know was it jet was it hank's line about the fact that you'll stick your neck out is why is why we like you at cable town like obviously jack doesn't like it there because he'd still rather be running ge and that's sort of what sets up his identity at crisis through this episode but like that's sort of i don't know that line just kind of, kind of comes it comes out of nowhere yeah. only to set that whole storyline up yeah I mean so, I think it is exactly that it's just to right to set up yeah that because I mean after five years at this point either you ride it out yeah why get frustrated after five years rather than yeah. you know after one or two years I don't know it started out because still comments it comes to things like that where years in they bring up people or situations or whatever that would yeah. it, I mean theoretically really be resolved yeah but, my favorite you know. thing is when sitcoms reference the age but the, the the year tracking doesn't track with, like, actually how much time has progressed, you know? Like, you'll see, like, random birthdays or there'll be seasons without... Like, it's things like sometimes they'll have a birthday and they'll celebrate a birthday, but then you'll go four years later and they'll finally have another birthday. And it's like, well, how old are these people supposed to be? Because if you say it's been five years and then the first season they had a 31st birthday and five years later and it's only, like, their 33rd birthday, then, like, something's not tracking... It's so it's such a dumb semantic thing to be worried about, but it still is like I pay attention to that stuff and it bugs me because it's like be consistent. Well, as one of my favorite other sitcoms to talk about on here, the Goldbergs has handled it. Everything is set range like every, the beginning of episode. The, excuse me, the beginning of every episode starts with it was blah blah date nineteen eighty something. Mm-hmm. So the every episode just exists in one blob. So that way they've been able to make all sorts of pop culture references and cross time back and forth, and it hasn't had to like follow them aging the linear way because right. every episode just takes place in nineteen eighty something. So that's how they got around all that mess. I mean, it's the same, like, something like Saved by the Bell, right? They were yeah. in high school for, like, six years? Now on Peacock. Okay. Saved by the Bell reboot. No, I'm, I'm oh, aware. Okay. I'm aware. I'm, I know. I was getting, well, a picture, well 30 Rock Connection, it's run by Tracy Wickfield, who was a writer on 30 Rock and uh, a couple other things that Tina yeah. Fey worked on. It's getting so. some pretty good buzz. Um We'll see. I mean, I'm not going. I've never. I actually haven't seen the original, so I don't know oh, if there'd be any use in watching the reboot. Too. Like but. just, just watch. The, I think it's a YouTube channel, or or some sort of channel. But it's basically like I think it's called Zach Morris is an asshole or something like that. But like it basically just breaks down various episodes of Say by the Bell and shows why 
the character Zach Morris is a piece of shit. And like, there's one, like, I think one of the more infamous ones is um, they're just talking about how the fact that he basically tricks the entire school to make a school calendar of all the hot people and sells it. And it's like, that's, that's pornography. And technically it's illegal pornography because they're all underage. And it's just like how he just gets away with all the shit because he was the cool popular kid. Well, like that. apparently that, that, that through line continues with the reboot because my understanding is the, the reboot kicks off with he's now the governor of California and he's like severely cut the state education budget, which like has caused the reason why they all have to go to the high schools because like their lo- local high schools close. They all have to be bussed in like oh. to this one thing. So I, I, apparently it continues that it, or it uh, leans in on the Zach Morris is an asshole. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you might as well embrace it. I don't know. Uh, it does seem like the new one is, I don't want to say darker in the sense of like Riverdale, but it does seem like it's going to be a little bit more grounded and less yeah. sitcom-y. Well, it's definitely com- I mean, I, I've, I've, I've What I've heard a lot is that it's very like 30 Rock. Like you, you can tell the DNA of 30 Rock mm-hmm. like in it. So. so that kind of sells me on it. I might, well, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely wait, but um I don't know. Because, like, I heard that there's one character who is apparently basically Jenna Maroney in, like, high school kid form, so. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, also, speaking of time, we've talked about this numerous times, but the the, the, the TGS timeline is wonky because it's it's the 100th episode of TGS, which has also been on five years. So, again, we go back to the pilot of 30 Rock, where mm-hmm. it was an existing, excuse me, it was an existing show, and Tracy was brought on to save it, so. Right. So how, how many episodes? How long were, was it running right, before it was brought we, and then somewhere, I think season three or season four, they had their 50th episode, meaning yeah. they've had a ton of episodes since then to now. So it's like... Yeah. We've definitely talked about it before, but it's just like, you know, that makes... I mean, I, I think we said when we talked about it before, they just must have retooled it after a few episodes with, really? with Ged bringing in Tracy to save the show. Because there's... I mean, yeah. that's even being a little generous, There's but there's no other way for that timeline to work. Yeah. So sitcom magic, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, we come back from the cold open, and essentially it almost looks like the beginning of the show, because we have uh, Pam and we have Danny... Welcome back, Danny. Yay! We haven't seen you in, like, forever. Uh, but he's made his return. and then, Finally. Uh, yeah, so it's almost like a sort of shot-for-shot remake of the opening of the th- first Lady Rock episode with Jenna and Danny now in the roles of Jenna and Josh doing the Pam, the uh, confident, morbidly obese woman. Who wears a swimsuit to Danny's? That's her. That's me! The overly confident, morbidly obese woman. And cut. Congratulations, everyone. In 100 shows, we've done Pam 107 times. Can you believe it's been five years since we first started doing this? Uh, that wasn't me. There used to be another guy. I don't think so. Happy 100th show, Ms. Maroney. Danny and I were just talking about what an amazing five years we've had. I will choke you to death with your boyfriend's wig! Give me back my man, bitch! Can you reminisce about something that's happened since I've been here? Because I couldn't see any of that. Oh, I'll never forget what you said to me after that first show, Ms. Maroney. Terrific show, ma'am. If I know anything about television, the girly show is a hit. Oh, please. If this turkey goes 100 episodes, I'll have your baby. I said that? I was so young. Wait, I saw that. How? Am I dead? Well, 
It's been a hundred episodes. I better lay you across my grandmother's lap in the mating shed. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, imagine if Jenna really was a mother. It would be horrible. I don't know, Ms. Maroney. I think you'd make a wonderful parent. You could sing the baby to sleep and tell it fairy tales and act out all the witch parts. You're serious? Oh, you albino goon. I wish. Albinos get to be watchers in the mating shed. Uh, I can't even imagine you pregnant. Picture of you and Us Weekly next to Natalie Portman in the same maternity outfit. Who wore it best? I did. I wore it best. A baby gets you attention. I'm kind of amazed Jenna didn't think of that already, especially with, you know, Tracy coming on knowing she was going to get less attention that she didn't think of. Baby, actually, yeah, baby does. Were babies trendy five years ago? Maybe. I guess they were. Babies are always trendy. Oh, I guess they so. keep us alive. Keep us so young. Yes. Yikes. Anyway. Yes. Yeah, so in so as we learn as that scene starts in five years, Thirty Rock is exactly where it started with Pam the Obese Woman. TGS. Or um, yeah. what did I say? Thirty Rock. Oh, sorry. Yes, TGS. Well, I mean Thirty Rock in a way too, but yeah. yes. But actually, TGS is exactly where it started yeah. with Pam Beelby's one. They've made they've made so much so many leaps and bounds over the years. Yeah, so much progress. Uh, but I do love the joke of Pete saying, "In a hundred episodes, we've done it a hundred and seven times." <laughs> I mean, it's so good. You got sometimes you got to do it twice. That's true. That's how you keep them coming back. You exactly. just you know what, what's the word I'm looking for? You kill it, saturation, oversaturation. You yeah, just do yeah. it so much, kind of thing. Yikes. What a bad choice. So Liz gives the crew the bad news that this has to be the episode that they do their best on. Otherwise, they will be canceled. Um, And we get our first sort of another, well, not our first, but another throwback to, um, I guess, I guess it was just such a popular episode. But the Tracy does Conan where Rachel Dratch comes back as a little blue pill man uh, to sort of haunt um, Liz this episode. And she's sort of she's sort of a recurring gag throughout the rest of this episode. But then we cut back to the maintenance men, who uh, are aside from Michael Keaton are also recurring characters because we've seen uh, Subas obviously multiple times, and he was sort of part of the plot of the Konani episode. But then the other uh, janitor Joe, uh, I guess his more infamous line is when Danny comes on. Uh, he has the line of. He looks like all the men in my magazines, so they've got a they've got a good job of recurring characters. But Michael Keaton, sort of very on the nose and expositorily, that's a word, right? Sure, it is now. <laughs> it is now. Uh, explains the situation with the gas leak. Gas leak, huh? Great. Damn it! Why now? On my last day before retirement. Here, let me show you guys something. It's my girl. We're getting married when I get out of here. Why am I showing you guys this? It's gonna jinx everything. Plus, you're a couple of pervs. We should be all right as long as the leak doesn't get into... Ah, damn it, look at this. It's going right under the sixth floor air duct. Damn it, again. Well, we're gonna have to evacuate the six until this thing's taken care of. Who's up there? TGS? Isn't that show already half dead? <laughs> <laughs> Good throwback there to the gas leak in Washington yeah. that around back when, well, back when uh, Jack went to Washington and 
had fun with Dick Cheney. Yeah, the underground bunker where they yeah. developed the gay, the gay gas or there was a gay of, gas bomb or whatever. Gay, yeah, the gay gas bomb to make people go gay bones for each other, um, or make soldiers get gay bones for each other. Uh, I I never made that connection. So good job. Uh, I never saw it as that. I just thought it was like it made them loopy. Oh well, because so yeah, can just, we kiss now? So that I just immediately thought because it, it happens the same way in that episode way back when it's like the gas like was that and it's like. You know, they start getting all amorous or whatever. Yeah. So, hmm. uh, But yeah, so that's our first big guest star of the episode in uh, Michael Keaton, who by this time, he hadn't had his resurgence just yet. Um, Birdman was a couple years out. Um, but he, I mean, he'd sort of built his reputation as just being sort of like a weird, quirky uh, actor, uh, I guess. Probably the same audience that, that watched 30 Rock probably grew up with him as like their first Batman in the late 80s, early 90s. And, um, oh God, what was that other movie? Oh, Beetlejuice, duh. Uh, which he also shared with Alec Baldwin. Uh, which I was thinking about this other, I was like, because I, I, I went back and watched Beetlejuice a couple months ago because I hadn't seen it really in a, long, in a few years. But I remember as a kid watching that movie a lot and so many jokes just like, Right over, I mean, I was probably six or seven watching that movie. I'm like, all of this is going over my head. Like, I don't get any of this. And then going back to watch, I was like, I, I shouldn't have been watching this as a kid. Not that it was like scary or, you know, anything too grotesque or like too adult, but it still was just like, I don't think some of these themes are really good for a kid. Like, a six year old probably shouldn't be learning about death this way and what the afterlife could be, you know, in terms of interpretation or whatever. But <clears throat> it's a, such a super creative movie. Um, and I think it's sort of the height of like Tim Burton's style which has kind of gotten a little predictable at this point with most of his movies um, Alec Baldwin was so young back he then he was like he, he looks like a different person yeah um, and Beetlejuice compared to obviously what he, I mean obviously age all of us happens age all of us <laughs> happens <laughs> I think we got a gas leak in here uh, but yeah Seek out Beetlejuice. I think it's solid. I feel like that's a movie you've probably never seen. I saw it when, in the background when you were watching it a couple uh, months ago. That doesn't count. That's how I saw how young Alec Baldwin was back then. There we go. So Michael Keaton, uh, as Tom is the character's name, good, informs Jack of the gas leak and says that they're working on it. Uh, but unfortunately, the gas leak has already started and it is already affecting many people on the TGS floor, including Liz. I can't believe it's been a hundred shows. More like a hundred little strokes. <laughs> you know, the girly show was working just fine. And then Jack came along and forced me to hire Tracy. And now look at us. Oh, life was so much simpler back then. I had a boyfriend, Dennis. I'm sure he was an idiot, but he made great chili and he didn't care if I watched TV during sex. Yeah, maybe I was better off then. Liz. <laughs> We have to evacuate the floor. There's a gas leak. What? What about the show? Everyone, evacuate immediately. This is not a drill. The gas is not affecting me yet, so I can lead you to safety. Just follow these troll penises. Oh, God! What have I done? Kenneth gets to continue his hallway monitor job that he got back in... Oof. Season one? Season two, maybe? Jeez. There's a lot of references in here, and it's hard to keep track of all of them. Um, 
But yeah, Rachel Drack is again, Rachel Dratch is how you pronounce her name. Again, continuing the little blue man. Uh, but meanwhile, Tracy has started his talk show crusade to, um, how would you describe it? Destroy all of his goodwill that he's made. To unrehabilitate his image. Yeah, and his first stop is the Rachel Ray Show, which is no longer exists, right? I was just about to Google okay, that. Because I feel like I, I, it might be, and I just am completely ignorant. I do think it's not on anymore, but I, I, to be honest, I don't know that for sure. Um... Let's see. First episode date 2006. 15 seasons. Maybe it is still on. Hold on. Oh let God. Me... The 15th season premiered on September 14th, 2020. So it is still running, which I did not know. So good for good for Ray Ray. Mm. She's one of those Oprah friends, though, right? Like she kind of got a deal by just being uh, like Doctor Phil level. Like he just. I think so. Yeah. Connections... She also she also had multiple shows on Food Network that were right, really popular. Right. So. I think it right. I think it was uh, it was right. She she was an Oprah guest and and then she had the Food Network shows. I think a while before. Then she finally got her talk show. And then she's that the was, she's the one that did like the five minute meals or like mm-hmm. number thirty minute, minute meals. 30, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, that was her big shtick. You go, Rich Ray. He is an Oscar winner for his role as De Jeffrey Lucky Sita in the movie Hard to Watch. Please welcome Tracy Jordan. <laughs> Why don't you shut your mouth, back that ass up, and make me a sandwich? He's awesome. You are still in character as the verbally abusive DeJeffrey. I mean, he's become such a part of him. So, Tracy Jordan. You asked to come on our show because you had a revelation about your post-Oscar trip to Africa. I lied to all you ugly white ladies. I didn't go to Africa. I was hiding in a warehouse in Queens watching vintage pornography. I love your honesty. It's because you didn't feel like your authentic self that you walked away from success. That's actually very brave, don't you think? No, it's unbrave. You should hate me. I can't. You fly free. I'm a bird in a cage. Hey, you got to stay around. We've got our no-cook cooking hair make-unders. What does that even mean? It's new haircuts, but you can make salads with them. Yeah! Yeah! A true artist. He feels things we don't. This is today on NBC. Fuck you, Matt Lauer. Yikes. Anyway, uh, no, I, I like that sort of bit. Or I, I guess you'd say commentary of how once you reach a certain like celebrity's like status, people will just take your words and sort of interpret them however they want even though you're being very blunt about i don't like i literally i didn't do anything with my goodwill i just sat around watching pornography and they're like you're so brave you're so honest he's like like i didn't i didn't say anything like what are you like they're just yeah it's so fun but like nowadays i guess like the whole like idea of like cancel culture like people dig up your past and like can can sort of take you down or at least remind people that like you know the people we treat on this level maybe aren't as great and things like that like i mean i think more recently i guess chris pratt has sort of gotten a, not cancel culture or anything but like people are like you know will share the fact that he's part of a certain like church that you know believes in i think it's like they believe in um it's that hillsong church isn't it it's, yeah. it's, it's whatever the big hollywood yeah one, isn't it 
Is it, is the Justin okay? Bieber one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the conversion therapy and things like that. I think like they're very, like it's kind of like an anti-gay church, and there was a there was like a fake thing that went out, sort of went viral, where they were like, "What's the best Chris? Like, what's the best Marvel Chris?" And it was like him, uh, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, and like a fourth one. And oh right, well the, the, that thing that's right. not so much cancer culture, but I mean like, that was ridiculous because it was just it was just a meme that exactly. was like, "Which Chris would you get rid of?" And lots of people said Chris Pratt, and then it turned into the internet's trying to cancel Chris Pratt. Right, and it's not really. It's like compa- I mean, honestly, compared to Hemsworth, Pine, and. Whoever the other one was, which I can't yeah, remember, Evans. Uh, Evans yeah. He's, I mean, he is the least appealing of the four Chris's. Right. So, but, and, and, but, and then a lot of people said it because I, you got rid of, you know, say they were rid of him. I mean, a lot of them said because of the homophobia or whatever thing. But it's like, I mean, really, but it wasn't a cancer culture thing. It no, was he it was, was just the popular choice to get rid of in a meme right. that then all but then devolved into media writing about it. So then mm-hmm. it became cancer culture, and then of course all the other Marvel actors saying blah blah blah, blah which I mean, yeah. So that was the sort of thing that wasn't so much cancel culture as literally right as something that was that was one thing that was turned into another thing to right. to that suddenly became branded as cancel culture yeah. action when it wasn't yeah that's why really, like the whole cancel cancel culture thing I feel like it gets it gets thrown out there too often when it's like it's not cancel culture it's more just like yeah maybe this person like the whole thing with Ellen you know she had built a reputation for years that she was squeaky clean and she was a good person and then. All those stories were coming out about how she treats workers and, you know, no benefits and either little to no vacation days, things like that. And people are like, oh, but it's Ellen. She's, and it's like, well, I mean, there's obviously a lot of levels to it. But at the same time, it's just like maybe we shouldn't give these people free passes just because they're celebrities and things like that. But it's, I don't know, it's, it's just a fun look at how once you reach a certain level, people will just take whatever you say with little... Once you're a serious artiste, then they will make, yes, people will take what you say and fit it into a way that still paints you in a positive or intellectual or whatever. Right. Yeah, like you're honest. Yeah, you're on some sort of level that no one else can comprehend, kind of thing. (sighs) Meanwhile, the writing gang has moved outside uh, to avoid the gas leak, and the writing for the new episode's not going great, and Tracy's. tour around all the talk shows is not going well, but uh, Jenna seeks Liz's advice about being a mother. Liz, do you think I'd be a good mother? No, and I wasn't even drinking anything. I just feel like I'm at a point in my life where I'm starting to have this real desire to nurture my career. I think pregnancy would be a great PR move. Oh my God, you want a baby to help your career? Look. TGS may be going away. Being pregnant is a great excuse for why I stopped working instead of the truth. I'm in my 40s, very difficult, and not that good at playing la realité. Jenna, think about this. You will have a child who will grow up to be a little gay fancy man. Well, good luck finding a man willing to ride that crazy train. I'll have you know I talked with a man this morning who thinks I'd be a wonderful mother. He must be an idiot. He is an idiot. Uh, meanwhile, the maintenance men still trying to fix the gas leak have caused a small little kerfuffle that is now attacking the 52nd floor where Jack's office is, and he has his first uh, hallucination of seeing where his life could be when he meets Sideways Jack. Who are you? You're so handsome. I'm Jack Donaghy. CEO of General Electric. The question is, 
Who are you? I'm Jack Donaghy. You were Jack Donaghy. You were magnificent. I'm still magnificent. No. I come from an alternate universe in which I followed our plan for world domination. I run the general. I own an NFL team. I guest starred on Entourage. What do you do? I'll tell you what I don't do. Wear a striped tie with a striped shirt. It's called power clashing. And I do it because I can. I wore this on the January cover of Meetings magazine. We made the cover during Meetings History Month? I made the cover. What happened to you, Jack? You were supposed to spend six months in TV as part of your climb up the GE ladder. You've been here five years. And here <laughs> isn't even GE anymore. It's Cable Cloud Town, Donaghy, and that's not funny. It was funny when I said it on my syndicated radio show. You bastard. I'm doing fine. You used to be a shark. I still am. Look at my claws. Sharks don't have claws. You don't even know what a shark is anymore. Oh, God. And do you know why? No. Liz Lemon. Lemon? She became your focus at the expense of your own ambition. You should have realized within a week that Lemon was a black hole unworthy of our mentorship. And now it's five years later, and what are you doing? Are you building factories in Bangalore? Are you dining in the Palin White House? No, no. You're approving TGS rap gifts, baseball caps, with stupid sayings from the show written on them. What the hell is a bump? Uh, it's when two fat people... I don't care! What's happened to you? To us? Will you make me sick? Mr. Donaghy. What? Yes, Tom. The gas leak is spread to this floor. You gotta clear out before you start seeing things. Thank you, Tom. I'll clear you out. Oh, okay. First off, love the meetings history month. Yeah, and it's a call back to actually not that long ago with with all the with the meetings magazines or whatever mm -hmm. meetings awards or whatever that was, yeah, yeah, which is just so silly, but yeah, it's funny. No, it's 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 fun to see what Jack could have been. But I I would argue that Jack's biggest competition, the reason he didn't move up faster in G, wasn't Liz, and it was because of Don Geis. Because if we've watched the yeah. show. Don guys kept saying, you will be, oh, just kidding, I almost died, and I was told I should come back and leave for a little bit longer, so, but I mean, obviously, this is all a mental game for Jack, and it's just him telling himself that it was Liz's fault and no one else's, so, you can excuse it, but I also like that bit at the end when they're standing side by side, and Tom comes in to say, hey, you got a gas leak up here, and you see current Jack and alternate Jack, like, how they handled the situation differently, like, current jack's you know a little bit more polite says yes tom and the and oh uh, you know alternate jack is like what like not even acknowledging him he's like angry about it well he's like, dining in the palin white house and has a syndicated right-wing talk yeah, radio show yeah. so i mean which i guess would be a podcast in modern light well i mean rush limbaugh's still syndicated so oh God. that's kind of how i pictured it he's gonna be dead soon so hopefully we don't have to hear about that anymore He's a piece of shit. He's done nothing good for this world, so why should anyone feel bad for him? I don't feel bad for him. Uh, so we come back, and Tracy is still trying to get rid of his goodwill, even so much, again, referencing the very first episode of him screaming, I am a Jedi, but he looks nothing like he did in that first episode. Aww. I am a Jedi! Hey, look. 
Tracy Jordan is ironically reappropriating his bad past behavior as a commentary on Fitzgerald's dictum that there are no second acts in American life. I want to take a picture of him with my old-fashioned no, camera. No. Ah. Oh, my God, swim! Damn it! Tracy Jordan saves drowning man? Ah, come on! You, I don't know what this is, so feel free well, to explain all of it. It's a few Brooklyn hipsters, and it's no, making fun no. of the fact I, that... The reference that you want to make is what I'm saying. Like, oh, obviously, well. that scene sort of speaks for itself. But yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, no, before we get into that, before I talk about that, which is just a throw, quick throwaway. Um, no, I mean, it's it's even showing that even, you know, no matter what he tries to do, even you have Brooklyn hipsters who are rationalizing him doing art or doing right. his thing as as a as a meta commentary on blah 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 blah, blah. so he can't he just can't win right no. yeah. and also that's because the actor who was speaking in that was ben sinclair who plays the the dealer or the dupe whatever he's called on high maintenance the hbo um anthology series which is a really good show well it's hbo so it must be good. Sorry, it's a web series. Every episode is a, is about him. It's him just like, is it? It's it's him just going to different people. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's basically like the the what we talked about this before, but it's basically like the New York I Love You episode of Master of None, mm-hmm. but that's like the entire series. It's like every single episode is he's uh, he's visiting different people, and it, it changed over the years because in the first couple seasons it was very focused on the characters he was delivering to, and he would almost just like make a cameo. And the past couple seasons have been more him having like an actual plot arc of his mm-hmm. own across the episodes, but it's still every episode is right. He's delivering, basically, he's delivering weed and edibles and whatever. So mm-hmm. that sounds fun, but like it depends. Like it could be like a hit and miss kind of thing. Like I is. I the mean, story's some, not good. Yeah. You're kind of checking out. For 20 minutes Some are better than others, and the first season, the first HBO season, was a little dip because the when it was a web series, like the episodes literally varied in length from like six minutes to like twenty minutes. So, it, it, you know, HBO was it's a standard thirty minute. So they, they had some, I don't know, like it took some time to adjust to I guess TV length storytelling. But by the second season, they nailed it. And or they, I just say they they got used to the rhythm and started nailing yeah. it. So now it's, it, I think it's been one of the best shows. That's an interesting premise. Seasons. I don't know if I could watch something like that um, for too long before I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm over this. But it's a cool premise. The fact that your main character may or may not actually be in the episode or at least be the focal point is kind of cool. Like, but they're the catalyst essentially to set it up. But they're not exactly the, the driving point. That is kind of cool. Anywho, right. So that turns into Tracy Jordan saves Drowning Man, and now he's even more revered <laughs> than ever, yeah, probably. He really can't do no... He can he can still do no wrong. Uh, meanwhile, Jack and Liz finally have it out about how they got to this point five years after uh, first meeting. Did you also have to evacuate the NBC store? No, it's just empty. This... TV nonsense was supposed to be my stepping stone, and instead it's my gravestone. And do you know whose fault that is? Sort of feel like you're going to say Leno? You. I got so sucked into trying to repair you that I became the American auto industry, failing to recognize that you can't fix a lemon. Wow. Yeah, because the last five years have been so great for me with you as my mentor. I was better off before we met. So what's your point, Lemon? You'd rather be doing the girly show and going home to Dennis? I didn't say that. But at least Dennis was always there for me. He's the only guy I can say that about. I dragged you down opposite. I should have gone with my gut and fired you when we first met. What? Flashback, please. Uh, Pete, hang back. Yeah, you bet. 
We have a problem. I can explain. My zipper broke. I don't think Liz Lemon's female voice is a good match for Tracy Jordan. Firing Lemon will send a message to the whole staff. No, no, you can't fire Liz. This show is her life. She hasn't got much going on. She threw a birthday party for her TV. If you fire Liz, then... then I quit. You'll never succeed by sticking your neck out for someone like her. But if that's how you feel, so be it. The important thing is that I fire someone. Pete. You tried to fire me? And then a week later, you're like, oh, I want to mentor you. Unlikely friendship. Who do you think you are? I'll tell you who I was. That guy that fired Pete. And he could have run GE, but instead he got lemoned. I should have fired you from my life. I knew you were supposed to push, but I didn't say anything. Flashback to Pete and Jack was interesting. Because, I mean, well, it's, I think the... The only flashbacks of that didn't actually happen or didn't occur on the show. No, I was I was gonna say that's the second one this episode because ah. the Jenna and Kenneth conversation about if this show's on for a hundred episodes, I'll have your baby. Oh, that that's right. Occurred. But that's they do a good job of making it seem like yeah. it was in that time setting of the world. Yeah. Well, the thing about right, the thing about the cutaway here with Jack and Pete is that the lighting is way like it's almost it looks weird because it's so much brighter than how the show is normally lit. Like when you talked about earlier, you're, yeah, you're right. I totally forgot about that. But that's that's also because the lighting is mm-hmm. normal. Like it's like the lighting is just so noticeably bright, and that seems yeah. like it looks there's something that looks like off or yeah. I don't know. Like it. I don't know if maybe like the green screen they were using. Yeah was not looking great with the lighting that they had to try and match the first episode and so they had to brighten it up but yeah no it just it looks off it looks like they were trying to hide the green screen although you can still see that it's a lot of green screen um but yeah no you're right so that's yeah that's the only other time in this episode where we have a quote-unquote flashback that is not actually a clip that we've seen previously it's it's all new footage but it's set up to be something that already occurred in the world so that's fun uh, but we're closing in on the finale of the first episode. Still got a long time to go. Uh, <laughs> still got a lot to go. Um, but uh, so we get Paul back in the mix. He and Jenna are having lunch. And she has the line of the MSG is good. And it almost makes me think that they're just eating soup with MSG. Because I don't see anything solid in the in their spoons. Just, so just broth? Yeah. I guess just broth with MSG and a bunch of MSG in it. I'm not sure. But she gets his advice on whether she would get a good mother or not. The MSG is delicious today. I'm so glad that you were able to meet me on my break. Is this just a talk, or will you be activating my electric underwear? Just a talk. Paul, do you think I'd be a good mother? Of course not. And I'd be a terrible father. I mean, what if we had a child that was prettier than us? We'd have to leave it in a desert. But Kenneth thinks I'd make a good mother. Oh. Is that something you want? It wasn't something I thought about until Kenneth said I'd be good at it. And of course, it'd be great for my career. Everyone would talk about my crazy name choice. Right now, it's between Frisbee face and Glock gender irrelevant. I love you, Jenna Maroney. I want to hogtie you and hide you in the luggage compartment of a Greyhound bus with just a bowl of dirty water. I love you, too. But I don't know. I mean, Kenneth Parcell may be the only man in the world who thinks you should have a child. So I know you said earlier that you thought they had broken up, but I'm fairly certain the way it ended was they were planning on breaking up and they decided right at the end that they wanted to try to make it work because it was it was like in the bedroom, someone's bedroom. I don't remember Jenna's bedroom or his bedroom, but it was like they were going to break up and then they decided at the end that they they need to be with each other or whatever, so they decided to try to make it work. 
I'm pretty certain that's how it left. I think off. you're right, because I think the last time we saw Paul was um, the Christmas Attack Zone episode, because that would have been after they had broken up, and the reason Jenna was upset that whole episode is because they had had the perfect uh, Christmas outfit to go to Queer News... Queer... Queer... New Year's Eve? Queer News Eve. Queer New... Queer... New Year's Eve? Queer... Queer Year's Eve. Right? Queer Year's Eve? Because that was the joke, because it's not New Year's Eve. It's New New Queer's Eve is what it... It was the event that they were going to. Um, and that's when she thought of the idea of doing Black Swan. And, right. Um, and they ended up singing together. So I guess that was them getting back together, but I guess it... I don't know. New Queer's Eve, I think is what... New Queer's Eve, yeah. Yes, okay, yeah. Gee, that was. I didn't know where you were going for a second. That was... It's not even a tongue twister. It's just no. me being stunning. You're having complex shit. migraines. Oh. Um, yeah, so I guess they did. I just. I don't know. Maybe I'm misremembering, but I think you're right. I think they ended up. But they just, we haven't heard from them in a long I feel like. Yeah, that, this is yeah. the first time that Paul's been on the show since then. Since then, yeah. All right, all right, all right. All right. Uh, but speaking of ex-boyfriends, uh, for the first time in a while, we get Dennis Duffy back. Hey, dummy. Duh, what? Whoa, you look good. You lose weight or something? Your neck, it looks looser. What are you doing here, Dennis? I got your message. What message? <sighs> Dennis, it's dummy. I miss you. Come see me. Things were better five years ago, Jack. I was in my 30s and everything. What's up? <laughs> you reached Dennis's voicemail. How you doing? Get out of here, Joey. I'm recording my voicemail <laughs> message. Is that real? Okay, but I was not in my right mind. But you called me, Liz. Oh, whatever. Because down deep, you still got all kinds of queer feelings for me. That's why I knew someday you'd be all vulnerable from a gas leak or a coma or a super period. You're disgusting. And I would be there for you. No, you were a mistake that I made at a time in my life when I could afford to make mistakes. That's what I miss, Dennis, not you. Okay, gang, they fixed the gas leak. They're airing out the studio. We can start heading back up. Oh, hold on a second. You think I'm just gonna give up now, huh? I'm a Duffy, Liz, and us Duffies, we didn't give up when we got kicked out of Ireland. We didn't give up when America sent us back, and we didn't give up when Ireland then just set us adrift on a log, all right? Come on, it's not over, Liz. To be continued, dummies. <gasps> when will we find out the what happens? I don't know. Are we gonna have to wait a whole week to get the resolution? No. no. <laughs> we will not make you wait that long. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, watching these back-to-back, I think I prefer the second part a lot better than I enjoyed the first part. Um, I just feel like this is all set up, and then everything that's coming after is just, like, down like downhill in a good way. Just, like, it's super fast. Like, everything's, like, snowballing. Um, just like real life. Exactly. You reach a point, and then everything just starts going downhill, and you got to... Keep the pace or die. Those are your two options. I'll become a mother. 
Yikes! I think you're I think you're in the genetic camp. I don't think you would make a good mother. Oh, that's Sorry. probably true. <laughs> I don't think you have the maternal instincts. Oh. <laughs> ah, but yeah. So Dennis is back on the scene. Uh, he's going to obviously play a bigger role in the second part. Um, but I like that. I like that Liz is in her right mind where she says the reason that we were together for so long was because I could afford to make the mistakes then. Now I can't afford to make them, so I need. I realize I should be moving on, and that's what I'm trying to do, kind of thing. So there's some. She's smart on a level. She's when she's not gassed up, and you know, at, not in her right mind. But I also like when she's laughing at his answer, when she's like, "Is that real?" Like, come on. <laughs> well, when you're that high off gas, who knows what you might believe? That's very true. So hopping right into part two of the Thirty Rock One Hundredth episode. Uh, everyone's barreling back into the TGS studio as the gas is, has been contained and cleared out, and Liz gets a call from Tracy. Where are you, Trey? I'm back, Liz Lemon. Tracy's back! Yeah! Yes. I'm gonna need an Obama cold open, a fart doctor, and you know what? Right up that bum's Empire State Building idea. Fart doctor? No, I mean, I'm back to where I was yesterday. I can't get anyone mad at me. I even called a woman's basketball team nappy-headed hoes, but apparently I'm allowed to talk like that. Why? Tracy, come on. Tracy Jordan? Why isn't he here? This is Tyson. I just had a meeting with news down on four. Brian Williams sure gets close to you when he talks. Very feminine energy. Anyway, I thought I'd just swing by and introduce myself to Tracy Jordan, but... Ah, he is here. You know, he, he just likes to learn his lines in the bathroom and communicate by phone. Actors, am I right? You know, I once had to speak to the Screen Actors Guild. Bunch of nut jobs, but you couldn't make movies and TV without them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, look at March of the Penguins. Who is in that? Good luck tonight. You're gonna need it. Tracy, you can do this. You have to be at the show tonight. Tracy, who? I don't even know who I am anymore. Look, you think the world has turned its back on you? I know a place where that's not true. A place where you can remember the man you used to be. A place where you can eat buffet ribs while someone's daughter shakes her crack at you. Tracy Jordan, I am taking you to a strip club. So this is a fun fact. The guy that plays Hank Cooper was the president of the Screen Actors Guild at one time. How interesting. I did not know From that. From the SAG to Cable Town. What an upgrade. Yes. Downgrade? I mean, from the Screen Actors Guild to head of a major corporation. I feel like that's an upgrade. Yeah, I'm good at that. Um, uh, but we, again, now, so we sort of go back to uh, another throwback to the season one uh, premiere episode of how sort of Liz and Tracy connected in that episode uh, at the strip club, sort of now doesn't have the same magic it once did because again Tracy's star power is just too His large. Oscar just distorts everything. He, just, he, he can't escape it. Oh, excuse me, Miss. How much is a lap dance? I'm a little light on cash, but I have a PayPal account. Oh my God, Tracy Jordan. That's right, party time. When I saw you, it's hard to watch. Oh no, 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 keep it light. You inspired me to contact my biological father. No daddy stuff. I hadn't spoken to him in 13 years. Maybe show him your butt. There are tears falling on her boobies, Liz Lemon. I know you've been molested. That's how we all got here. But I don't want to hear about it. I just wanted to let you know that I'm going into the Navy. 
Because like you said in your movie, I invent my tomorrow. But I wasn't even supposed to say that. The line was serene. I hope Dr. Mugutu has good news about my endoscopy. But I couldn't get it right, so they told me to improv. Come on, guys. I'm making it rain. How about a little less self-respect and a little more squatting? You see what you've done, Liz Lemon? Tracy Jordan is broken. It's over. Get off the stage! No wife! Well, he got the line right that time. Yeah. Well, I guess when the pressure's off. <laughs> uh, someone said that that's Rachel Dratch playing stage man. It is that not. Is definitely no, not it's Rachel not. Dratch. She's clearly an Asian lady. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, there's a dark line in there where Tracy says about, I don't even remember, that's how we all got here, which implies that his childhood was well i don't think i think he's saying all of them i don't think well i mean obviously that but he says all he didn't say all of you he says all of us so right i mean to me that implies i mean well we saw a little bit when he went back to the well back before his whole oscar run when they went to the kinkos that used to be where his apartment was and it brought back some bad memories so i mean if he saw his you know goldfish get fried up and ate i'm pretty sure he probably had a lot of other really dark stuff happen too so Yikes. Oh dear. Poor Tracy. But he didn't become a stripper, so he had a different life. He became path. a stand up comedian, which is even worse. Is it? Well, I guess maybe he get paid more as a stripper. Not that there's anything wrong with being a stripper, so I shouldn't say it. I shouldn't yeah. frame it like that. Uh, well, it feels like it's more of a backhanded statement towards stand up comedians than strippers. Yeah, stand up comedians are not are unrespectable. You said it. I was thinking of it. You said it. <clears throat> so Jenna is fully committed to to having a baby, um, and she tries to uh, entice Kenneth to be the one to give her uh, what she wants. Uh, but of course, he runs out because you know it's against his religion, and they're not married, and all that. But Tracy. And Jenna had to sit down to discuss her situation. And he they actually have to, like, make... Well, until the end, they're making good progress. But until the end, when they decide, oh, no, you should shoot somebody to clear your star power, they were on a good road, and then they went completely off the rails. You're back! Yeah, this is my front... Thanks for setting me up with another classic quote. I borrowed your whale semen candle. It didn't work, by the way. You could keep it. I'm just packing up a few things and then I'm gone. Wait, where are you going? I'm quitting show business. I can't stop the horrible respect people have for me. Tracy, you can't do that. Look, I would never say this on the record. Of course, this is all off the record. The show needs you. And I need you. I'd rather do the show than have a baby. But you don't understand. Oh, I do understand. Look at Roman Polanski. No, thank you. Or Ilya Kazan. He told the government his friends were communists, then got a standing ovation at the Oscars. That's crazy. A man named Ilya. That's a giraffe's name. You know, when you think about it, the only celebrities who completely undo their goodwill are the murderers. John Wilkes Booth, Phil Spector, O.J. Simpson who texted me earlier today, what should I write back? Shoot someone, huh? Nah, that's crazy, even for us. I guess it would take a pretty big gas leak to make you think that was a good idea. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> well, now, 10 years in the future, we can say not only murder, but 
the Me Too movement actually held people accountable for non-murderous actions. Not, not in all cases, and some people have already been making comebacks, but some people, like earlier guest star Matt Lauer, have not have been... Yeah, to recover. Yeah. Not that they need to recover. No. They shouldn't recover, but... I mean, they should get help. Well, I don't know, is it... I don't know, because I don't know if you can... Uh, yeah. They should definitely get help, and they should apologize to every single person that they wronged and affected and all that. Um, yikes. Mm. So now it's murder and sexual exploitation and or harassment. Mm-hmm. What leaps in progress, what leaps and bounds in progress we've made. Yeah, it only took 10 years to slowly start getting some sort of retribution. Still a long ways to go, unfortunately. Well, I guess it's not the same. It's definitely not, it's definitely not the same level, but like the whole Brian Williams thing. Um, at this time in 30 Rock's world, he was still squeaky clean, but then was it a couple years after 30 Rock would have ended, he, it came out that he had made up a story about Vietnam? Or? I don't know if it was Vietnam, but it was something about being... Vietnam. He had lied about being in a plane that crashed, or... So it, was, it was something about something around that. It, he, he was he was on War, location, or whatever you call it, with right with the army, and he, he had just... Right, he, he made it sound like he had been in some sort of situation... That was more dangerous than it actually was exactly. for him. It was probably a real yeah. situation he inserted himself into. But anyway, so that he got his he got pulled off NBC for a few years. Yeah, but he's back on MSNBC. He's on MSNBC. Yeah, because he was on during the election, the election coverage, coverage. So yeah, yeah. So, but again, what he did is not comparable to something like what Matt Lauer, or Roman Polanski, right. or whomever did. But still, like. But still, if you're a journalist, you shouldn't... I mean, yeah. lying or misrepresenting a situation is also... Ethically really yeah. wrong. Yeah. It's how we get situations where people think of things called fake news and discredit journalists. So everything is Brian Williams' fault. I didn't say that. <laughs> So uh, Liz bumps into Dennis, who's in her office, uh, and again they are they are having it out. Um, and D- Dennis tries to, uh, well, Dennis then causes a gas leak uh, to sort of get Liz back in the same mindset to where she'll come back to him. And unfortunately, that still is affecting Jack as he now gets another uh, blast from the past. Or I guess in this sense, it is a blast from the past and another Jack. You're not sideways, Jack. I'm past Jack because I'm from the past and I'm you. Yeah, I get it. Do you? Because it seems like you don't get much of anything anymore, old man. If you're my future, I'm going to jump. Stop him! If he jumps, we don't exist anymore. I'm perfectly aware of that. I studied time dilation and quantum teleportation in college. No, you didn't. You saw Time Cop. Really? I never saw Time Cop. You will in 2007 and you'll love it. Why are you talking like that? This is how everyone talked in the 80s. This is how Reagan talked. Look, there's still time to fix this, Jack. You need to kick ass again. Starting with getting rid of that woman. Listen to him. He's awesome, and you know he's right. Fire lemon. I don't know if I can do that. Well, then take this. Oh, God. That only hurt me. Why did I think that would hurt you, too? Jack, be the man you were meant to be. Me. 
This tuxedo is made out of the puma that I rode into my 50th birthday party. Why are you both wearing tuxedos? Let's have, have six. six. What are, are we, farmers? Now go get rid of that woman. So that that joke there about, you know, the 80s Jack talking with the inflection, where everything's going up like you're asking a question. When did that come back into, like, was that like early to mid aughts when that sort of that sort of speaking I think of that as like kind of a 90s thing too I don't remember it much in the 90s I don't know I feel like it went away in the 90s but it had well, come when, back when did, I mean when did Clueless come out because I feel like that yeah, I, I, I very closely yeah, associate with that in the 90s yeah 6 97 maybe and I mean that's a lot of that like Valley like, Girl yeah. dialect which that's true hmm I feel like it's just more prevalent now, but maybe it's more of just like paying more attention to it. Oh, what was the hills? The hills, I think, sort of repopularized it too. I guess it's all that valley. Yeah, Laguna Beach and the hills. Laguna Beach. Yeah. That would have been the Emirates, yeah. Yeah, I think that sort of helped popularize that. And I guess the Kardashians too, even though they're, mm-hmm. are they LA based or they're East Coast? I think they're LA based. I mean, I'm sure they have homes sure on both. both yeah. No, that's right, because they live right, because they live. Uh, in well, if they were all part of that Calabasas same, or whatever yeah. it's called, which is just outside LA, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah if they're all part of that same clique, yeah. yeah, they would have all. Yeah. But I feel like those reality shows sort of help repopularize that speaking. Yeah. Uh, but meanwhile, we get our first space Dr. Spaceman in a little while. And we get, honestly, I think the funniest thing that Pete has ever said, and probably one of the funniest bits of this entire episode, uh, in his nonsensical <laughs> reply. I just want to check everything out after your little gas scare. Well, my pen light is working. That's good. Now, can you say the alphabet for me? Well, a very, very heavy, uh, heavy debrutation tonight. We had a very daris, darison by, let's go ahead and tear a station. Let's go to the bit they haven't picked. Excellent. My God, Jenna, are you pregnant? How? Did you go swimming in a public pool? No, I got in my head about having a baby, and now I'm having a hysterical pregnancy. Well, that's redundant. All pregnancies are hysterical. They're started by penises. This should be perfect. I mean, all I want is the attention. So why am I not happy? I mean, on some level, do I want to have a baby? Do I want to be a mother? Should I be a mother? Bored. Hey, Greta Johansson, your animal wrangler. I don't want to alarm my other wildlife, but all the canaries for the coal mining sketch seem to have slipped off to meet Garuda in the sky. My God, you're beautiful. Yay, Rachel Dratched again in a cameo of the first season, uh, episode one, and being in, in the cat wrangler. Uh, I'm glad she's, because we haven't seen her since the live show, and I think we won't see her again until the next live show. Uh, she comes in again. Um, but yeah, so that Pete bit is, uh, my initial research turned up what looked to be a very, like, mean, mean thing to laugh about because a lot of people pointed out that she was having the, the, so he, like, word for word, he's reenacting something that happened in a broadcast, um, but it turned out that she didn't have a stroke. She had what would you say a complex migraine? Complex migraine. Yes. Well, but... to fully explain it, she was a she was a reporter, a local reporter for an LA news station, reporting outside the Grammys. And when she went to do her spot, she started slurring and speaking in 
well, I mean, gibberish. Yeah, nonsensical English. So, right. I guess the time it was reported that she had a stroke, but she actually it was just a it was just a migraine. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, like she carried herself well, considering because I think most people either would have stopped talking or just like froze, and she she finished her bit, although she didn't actually say anything. Like it's it's funny to watch because. As scary as it is that the fact that she may or may not have had a, a stroke and then she's saying she it was just a migraine makes it sort of okay to laugh at because it it's like, okay, it wasn't anything life-threatening. Um, but it's just like one one of the funniest comments I read about it was like, it sounds like she's speaking in the Sims language. And it is. It sounds like if you've ever played The Sims, it's exactly what it sounds like. She's almost English. Yeah, and it's just like, she's not saying it. <laughs> it's just, it's so funny because... You can see her with her drive and her, she wants to do a good job, but she's not saying anything, but she still has like the cadence and everything about it. It's like, I'm reporting the news, but I didn't say a goddamn thing, but I did my best. So while Danny is reminiscing about moments that never happened to him that actually happened to Josh and Kenneth and Tracy go up to the roof to have Tracy shoot someone so he can get his normal life back. Uh, Dennis is with Liz, who's now in, uh, under the influence of the gas to try and get her to, uh, well, he's trying to trick her back into his life. Hey, dummy. Hey, you ready to sign that lease? You know, we were talking earlier about me moving in with you and how hard it is to kick a tenant out in New York. Let's think about it. I'll make you chilly every night. I'll provide for you. I have a new business idea. It's like Netflix, but you go to a store and you pick out your video from a limited selection. It'd be like five years ago. Exactly. I can move my stuff in tonight, right? I just have one duffel bag and a sidecar. My motorcycle got impounded for being parked too awesome. I just need you to sign this lease I printed up off the internet. Okay, I need a pen. You don't have a pen? You're a writer, Liz. All, all I have is this kick-ass laser pointer that I point at nerds' crotches in the park. Oh, wait. All we have is this kick-ass laser pointer. Come on, baby, let's go find a pen. Okay. <laughs> Dennis is on something there with his idea of renting films in a store that you can only have a certain amount of time to, to watch and then you have to return it. I wonder if that has ever been done before. It's an intriguing concept. Dennis Duffy invented Netflix. <laughs> I invented Blockbuster. Dennis Duffy invented Blockbuster. <laughs> did that final Blockbuster finally close? I it think did, it's right? Still, oh, I thought it was, I think it's still open because I, I feel like I recently read an interview with the okay. or read about an interview with the owner. Hold on, let me see. I thought the last thing I heard is it closed, but then they turned it into an Airbnb that you can rent out. Oh, the Bend, Oregon store became oh. the last Blockbuster last spring when one in Australia closed. I wonder what their main makeup is in terms of if it's people that genuinely are doing it or if they're people doing it ironically or if it's a... a probably a combination. Probably, yeah, I mean, definitely. probably some, like, families that, I mean, when they were the adults, remember, used to going to the video store and, and so they liked uh, taking their families to the video store. I don't know. I mean, the same, I, I mean, I know in a way, like, the same reason that bookstores, obviously there are way more bookstores and independent bookstores than video rental stores but sort of the same like i don't know idea of probably supporting community and nostalgia and that sort of thing i guess i don't know yeah but i still think it's something that'll happen or maybe they're independently wealthy and don't need to turn a profit to stay in business the owners 
Yeah, I guess if it's a franchise. Yeah. Hmm. But as Jack goes to fire Liz, he gets one more visitor in future Jack. Oh no. Let me introduce myself. I am future Jack, obviously. Is that what we're wearing in 10 years? More like 35 years. You're 87 years old? My God, I'm outstanding. I like to think so. I've come all the way from the future, which is a lot harder than coming from the past. Whatever, Pops. To warn you not to listen to the other Jacks. In the future, you're happier than you ever imagined. You have grandchildren and a gorgeous poly wife. And that's a new race that emerges in 2030. <laughs> They're incredible. What happened to Avery? Oh, you'll see. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, but what about his, your, our career? Don't we want to be this dude? Younger me's business is only a part of life. Real happiness. Ah, shut up. Don't listen to his crap, Jack. If you choose my path, you'll be plenty happy. You'll spearhead GE's development of the electric vagina. You won't be married, but you'll have a house with a lot of glass, and it's cold. And... You'll own the Buffalo Bills. You didn't say it was the Bills. Look, right now Liz Lemon is downstairs about to sign a lease with Dennis Duffy. If she does that, you'll lose her. In three years, they'll be married and living in Jacksonville, Florida, where he operates an unlicensed alligator park. Jacksonville? Her hair can't handle that humidity. No, I don't care. I'm tired of saving her. To quote Liz Lemon, opposite! You'd be saving yourself. The only way to get my life is to be distracted from your blind ambition. And you can't do that without Liz Lemon in your life. Jack, this guy's just trying to justify his own bad choices. Go down there and fire Liz. Okay. We're obviously all thinking it, so I'm just going to say it. We're going to have sex with each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. You remember the last time the Buffalo Bills had a successful championship? Like when the Super Bowl? Never? No, 1965. Oh, they have? Okay. But they were big in the 90s. Yeah, it was like, didn't they go? They went to like three or four four Super Bowls. Five straight Super Bowls and like lost them all or something? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yikes. They did their best. Did they? Well, someone just did better. But good for Jack to learn that the grass isn't always greener because really, what's success in life if you're the NFL team you're an owner of is the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, but you live in a glass house and it's super cold. Don't and you're stones. unmarried. <laughs> so, but I also like that line. I, I just caught it for the first time here where uh, the future Jack says you'll have a polyasian polyblasian wife in the future and he asks what about Avery and he goes oh that's a really funny story so it's sort of setting up that obviously they're not going to be whether the writers knew in the next season they were going to write out the Avery storyline it still is kind of like a fun possible foreshadowing to know that it was never going to last kind of thing I don't think it ends funny though I think it ends kind of heartbreaking because we'll get there if you don't spoiler alert I you don't remember what about the there? baby what about the baby uh, but anyway, Jack does save the day between Liz and Dennis. Let me not sign that lease! Why are you here? Just sign it, dummy. It's a receipt for some Liz pants you bought or whatever. No. If you have a problem, I will fight you, Dennis. That wouldn't be very fair. I'm only trained to fight four more men at a time. There are three more of me upstairs, and I'd be happy to go get them. I can't. I hurt my wrist. Hey, people! Somebody sabotaged the gas line. People could have died or had fights. What? Who would do that? Hey, 
Grab that black guy. It was you. What are you, mad at me, Liz, huh? I did it for love. You're insane. Hey, guys, hands off a jacket, right? It's from Amari Stoudemire's evening wear collection. If I ever see you again, I'll kill you. Please, you'll be back. All right, the gas is clearing out. You should be okay in time for the show, according to my device here. Good work, Jennifer. Oh, my God, the show. I got to load in an audience. I got to distribute scripts. I got to change Jenna's blood. I need Kenneth. Forget about Kenneth. I told Hank Hooper that Tracy Jordan would be here. Where is the star of your show? Right here. I know you're talking about Tracy, but I don't care. Tracy and Kenneth went to the roof with a gun. Why? Because I gave Tracy the idea to kill the only man who would ever have a baby with me. Hello, Cable Town family members and my favorite actress, Jenna. When TGS gets canceled, I mean, if when TGS gets canceled, we need to talk about your future. I know what my future holds, Hank. Motherhood. It's a surprise to me, but I have so much love to give. Well, why couldn't you be a mother and do a daytime talk show? Well, because the talk show will be my baby. I'm not going to be held back by some uterus turd. Let's call my agent. Oh, my God, your stomach. There's some pretty good editing in that scene because obviously Jenna is pregnant and Jane Krakowski is pregnant, but they do a really good job of once she turns around to see, like, show her her hysterical pregnancy is now completely over because she doesn't need it anymore, which is wild. It, if you if you if you watch carefully, you can see where it pans down just enough stops, and then they I guess do a body double. To bring it in, you, you, but if you're not paying attention, you can easily miss it. It's a good edit. It's a good edit. Good job, Thirty Rock editors. Good job, Thirty Rock editors. But back on the rooftop, uh, Jack again saves the day. What's up? Sorry. Okay. So if Jenna gets her own daytime talk show, does that mean Tracy can go on her daytime talk show to further try to rehabilitate his image? Well, the only she way she gets Ray her, Ray. the only way the only way she gets that talk show is if sorry when if. The TGS is canceled. That's that's an easy joke to miss because he does say that's right. when it's canceled. Oh, if when and then he then he goes right back and saying when it's canceled, meaning he's he's pardoning Tina or Liz, Liz's feeling by saying no worry, I'm not canceling it. But he's like ultimately it's going to be canceled, kind of thing. Uh, yeah, it's ultimately only, everything will be canceled. That's true, um, but hopefully not as soon as that. You know, you don't want it to end on that note. Let's at least make it through the hundredth episode. Or at least, yeah. Um, but Jack saves the day once again on the rooftop as he he gives uh, Tracy the idea how to save his career. And obviously it's, well, we'll explain it sort of after the bit. Do you have any idea how much paperwork I would have to do if you shot Kenneth? I didn't know that, Jack. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to get people to stop respecting me. Tracy, you want to destroy the goodwill you have? So you can go back to your easy TV job? Yes, even more than I want to shoot Kenneth. Then all you have to do is go back to your easy TV job. What? Do TV. And no one will ever take you seriously again. Doesn't matter how big a movie star you are, even if you had the kind of career where you walked away from a blockbuster franchise or worked with Meryl Streep or Anthony Hopkins, made important movies about things like civil rights or Pearl Harbor, stole films with supporting roles and then turned around and blew them away on Broadway, none of that will matter once you do television. You could win every award in sight. It'd be the biggest thing on the small screen, 
and you'll still get laughed out of the Vanity Fair Oscar party by Greg Kinnear. Tracy, your career hit rock bottom the first time you decided to do TGS. You wanted to hit rock bottom again? Go on network television. Let's make some TV! We have five minutes! That was a meta speech about Alec Baldwin's career. Yeah. Although, honestly, it does sound very dated because I feel like in the age of Netflix and... Streaming. Streaming in general. I think also HBO has attracted a lot. Of, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. now, now, I mean, just everyone is doing TV, especially limited series and short run series because it doesn't have the same... I mean, back... Yes, I guess still 10 years ago, it's definitely... It was like TV was where movie stars go to retire i guess or get a yeah. quick paycheck or or if they failed or not failed but if they'd sort of faded they come that's their sort of comeback as they'll do a tv show for a yeah. couple of seasons and then get more movie deals but yeah yeah it's sort, it was, it's sort of shifted yeah although it was true for alec baldwin because remember when he had his nighttime talk show that lasted a couple episodes and then got canceled for low ratings nope. i think it was it must have been that season after he started playing trump on snl and I, I, I guess oh, he must have that recent. I yeah, because I, I, I feel like I remember it was there was speculation like it was negotiated basically because of the success of that character in the first of its first season. Like basically, part of keeping him in it was giving mm-hmm. him that talk show. And yeah, it was it like it was it was canceled after just a few episodes for low ratings. Well, the first ep- it says first episode was March two thousand eighteen, and the final was December twenty eighteen. But yeah, only ten episodes. Two of them were left unaired. Yeah, when it was like it was one of the things where it was where it was moved to Saturday or something after mm. a few episodes, I guess, and then it burned out, burned off, and then well, I guess they didn't even burn them all off. Yeah, yikes! So twenty eighteen. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. I completely oblivious to that. But well, most most of the American public was most clearly. people probably were. Uh, I'm just not a talk show person, so it isn't it's not something I have a track anyway. Um, but yeah, that whole speech is him obviously saying, you know, someone did sort of compile a lot of stuff that he either was referencing you know, explicitly or sort of implied, but he was in Hunt for Red October, which was the Jack Ryan series, the Tom Clancy novels, which I think Harrison Ford ended up sort of taking over that role for a couple of films. Yeah, Ben Affleck did Ben Affleck's too. done a couple. Um, he, the Moon of Meryl Streep was... Was he in Bridges of Madison County? Or, or no, that was... I don't know. Someone else. Um, let's see. The the Civil Rights movie was talking about Ghosts of Mississippi. Obviously, he very obviously references Pearl Harbor, which is kind of a bust of a movie. Like, I think it... It did well enough at the box office, but it didn't anywhere near as people were expecting it to do. And I don't think it... It might have recouped its losses, but... Um, yeah. So... I mean, Alec Baldwin, I mean, we mentioned it earlier in the episode, obviously he and Michael Keaton were in Beetlejuice um, in the late 80s, but yeah, he, I mean, he's had a very storied career, but yeah, I think there there was the, and I think we, we probably talked about this too, when we first started all this was Alec Baldwin doing TV seemed like a step down because he was in so many movies for a short while, but this, I mean, this helped where he sort of gave him a little bit of a resurgence in his career because I think it did help him get more movie roles some of his personal life I think also affected him yes going forward and he leaving like terrible voicemails about his daughters and things like that um and then the Trump stuff sort of helped gave him a second life or a third fourth life I guess of how you want to measure it um which you could argue that's for the good and the bad 
because it kept Trump on the lips of so many people and it probably didn't need to be and things like that. Um, I mean, that would have happened regardless of who was playing him on SNL. Right. I don't know who they could have had in the cast that would actually play him well. Not that they should have, but I mean, yeah. Well, now he's going to do a an ABC comedy with Kelsey Grammer. So, oh yeah, I heard about that. I don't expect that to last too long either. Who knows? But I thought Frasier's supposed work. to be coming back, so it'll be. I don't imagine Kelsey Grammer's going to mm-hmm. be working too many shows. So, I don't know. Uh, but as we are, as everyone gets back to the stage to start the new episode uh pete informs liz that they despite all the hard work that the writers have done they were all under the influence of gas and they don't actually have a show but liz has one final idea to save it i should call dennis Let's meet our contestants. Dr. Stephen Poop is a homemaker and a centaur. <laughs> You're picked up for a billion more episodes. Where am I? Am I back in Vietnam? What charity are you playing for? The Grimace Foundation, Jeremy, keeping milkshakes purple for over a million Hold years. On. Tracy's back on TV again? Clooney, Hanks, actor emergency. Tracy Jordan's doing TV again. I know, disappointing. Take him off the official A-list. Well, I don't have the password. Pitt's our webmaster. Well, then wake him up! They're doing Pam again? Ugh. I don't care what you say anymore. This is my life. Go ahead with your own life. Leave me alone. This may be the gas talking, but I was wrong about Dennis. You're the guy who never left. And this is definitely the gas talking, but I'd be a lot worse off if I never met you, Lemon, and I'm proud to have you as a mentee. I mean, look at you. Endangering the lives of hundreds of people for a show the TV guy once called Still On. I framed that article. To a hundred more episodes. Yay, everything wraps up for the battle. The song, uh, so yeah, I forget. Tom Hanks sort of closes out the episode there in a big cameo playing What himself. do movie stars do in their spare time? They knit and they watch knit network and television. Watch, I guess, well, they have to be the watchdogs to see who stays on the A-list. That's true. Night, so. um, that's a funny bit. Uh, but someone pointed out a, a good point. So he starts singing a song at the end there, and it's Billy Joel's My Life. Ah, My Life. My Life. My Life. Uh, it's Billy Joel's My Life, which was the theme song to Tom Hanks, I guess, breakout role in Bosom, Bosom Buddies. Yeah. So back Call the, back. Yeah, that's, that's a fun little joke, obviously, the writers. Well, if you start in TV, it's okay. That's what Clooney did, too. And then they that's became true. movie That's true. He started stars. on Roseanne. Um, yeah. And would go to ER. That's true. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess yeah, right. ER wasn't his first one. That was yeah. his, like... It was his, that was his biggest, breakout. Yeah. He started on Roseanne yeah. in, like, season two, I think. I just watched it, but it all runs together when you watch it back to back. Um, but yeah, and but Brad Pitt didn't. I feel like I don't maybe so. he did, but I don't know, his breakout role was Thelma. I mean, yeah, he may have done 
like a few small roles, yeah. but I don't think he had like a a regular TV role. No, not well that I'm aware of. I could be missing something, obviously. But. Yeah, I mean it's it's possible to miss it, but I feel like he didn't have the same um, start as Clooney and Hanks. I think he was right to films, but let's find out. He was on an episode of uh, Growing Pains, uh, a couple episodes of Dallas, Twenty One Jump Street. Okay, so he guest starred here and there. But yeah, he didn't have like a recurring role. As a guest star, I mean, I guess that's when you're... Does it, do you count as a guest star before <laughs> you're a name? Yeah, before anyone really knows yeah. who you are. Yeah, like third, yeah, Thelma and Louise in 91 was where his he really had his big uh, breakout. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I mean, Brad Pitt's sort of similar to like, you know, Tom Hanks, George Clooney, and I guess Alec Baldwin. He has like a storied career. But I could only maybe name like three or four movies that I've actually seen him in. And uh, Fight Club. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Smith, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Django Unchained. He was not in that. Oh, he just. He, oh, is that the one he produced? Oh, Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. That's yes, what I was thinking. Yeah, he was in that. Yeah. I don't know, I've just never been a big fan of Brad Pitt to follow him enough to see too much in. But I like, I, I don't have a problem with him. Like, I don't go out of my way to see a movie that he's in, but if he's in a movie, I generally have no problems with him being in it. So I feel like he's fine. Um, well, I'm sure he'll be glad to hear that. You're welcome, Brad Pitt. I, I But he he was good in Inglorious Bastards, and he was really good in um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. His Oscar winning role. Now he can never go he back to Oscar TV again. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I do not. Well, well, you know my feelings on the Oscars. They don't fucking matter anyway. Big. But anyway, good for him. Was it, was it Best Supporting Actor? Yeah. Because he wasn't a lead in that. Although he probably was on the same level. Yeah. It still weirds me out that Leo DiCaprio won it for The Revenant, which was I mean, a fine movie, but I feel like Wolf of Wall Street really yeah. could have been his award-winning film. But that was, I mean, so much better. That was just, uh, it's his time to win, and there's no other performances <laughs> in the category that are really iconic. Because, I mean, that's what it is a lot of times. It's like, I mean, I don't I don't remember who he was up against for Wolf of Wall Street, but it was probably somebody who would say, oh, that makes sense. I mean, that's how it happens a lot. Like, yeah. they don't win for their, like, most notable or best role, but they end up winning in a year where it's like there's no real classic performances and it's like mm-hmm. well they haven't won it's their time because i mean you know what i mean like i feel like a lot of times you say oh they should have won for that it's like if you look at that year there are not always but a lot of times there is like a more iconic role so i mean not always but yeah you know it's i don't know anyway but it i mean whatever. he got his start on growing pains too he did look at look, look at, at growing pains just yeah. launching all the A-list movie stars' careers. Look at that. All two of them. Wonderful. <laughs> well, I guess Kirk Cameron was a success if you're a Christian, because he makes all those really crappy... And now he's winning all sorts of Razzies, so congratulations. Oh, yeah, that's no, Actually, I don't even know if he's won a Razzie, but... Nominated. It wouldn't surprise me if he has. Yeah. Uh, anyway. But, well, also in that last scene there I want to talk about quickly... Well, the, not the last scene, the scene, the last scene in the studio where um, Hank Cooper walks up and says that they've yeah. won a million more episodes. And then suddenly does that pivot to, where am I, Vietnam? It's like, that that I don't know if that really worked for me. Because, I mean, I get what it's calling back to is other instances where he's, like, you know, been t- told stories about Vietnam or had flashbacks right. or whatever. So it's like, it's not that it's... It has nothing that's been referenced before, for that, but just the way he goes from like the giggling, like all of a sudden from "you're renewed for a million episodes," yeah. ha ha, to all of a sudden snapping to "where am I?" Like yeah. that was just a little 
I don't know. Lazy, maybe. It was just strange. It didn't yeah. really. It didn't I mean, really work for me because, like, everyone in that studio is goofy, and I realize that it doesn't mean that everyone gas is going to make everyone goofy. Maybe some people have other adverse reactions, but he pivots from goofy to just to, where am I? It, it seems like yeah. they were trying to shoehorn in him making a reference to Vietnam as opposed right. to something that actually like made sense to do there. I don't yeah. know. I just found that weird. No, I mean it. It, it clearly underlines that he has some sort of PTSD right. from being in Vietnam, as I'm yeah. sure a lot of people Which do. we know. I mean, they've made references but, yeah, to it. But, so, but yeah, you're right. Just it is kind of just there. like, it's like, why why a Vietnam reference? Because, I don't know, unless they're screaming? Like, laughter? I don't know why you'd be thinking laughter should be a trigger. For, I, don't know. I don't know. I think they just wanted to make a call back to his to the Vietnam thing again, and they just put it there. Yeah, I guess. Because, I mean, right, because if you're saying the gas is making people loopy and act weird, then... Yeah. But I just, I don't know. Anyway, I just wanted to discuss that because it right. didn't, Good I, I found that strange. Sure. All right. So our uh, our outro uh, credit scene is Jenna, Tracy, and Kenneth sort of remin- reminiscing again about the last five years. And they have a, a semi-funny cutaway of their reminiscing is video footage of a turkey on a snowboard skiing, which... It's not obvious, anything obviously that ever happened. Well, I guess peacock, not a turkey. But yeah. Anyway, it, I think it's just like a. I think it's just a random joke. Like that's what they reminisce about their time at TGS is a, a non sequitur joke about a turkey on a snowboard kind of thing. Uh, and then, sort of to close it out, Jenna has the line of "Where will we be in five years?" And it cuts to a tombstone, like a pan of a bunch of tombstones, and they're all dead in 2016. And uh, we finally get the age. It says that Kenneth was born, which is 1781 or 91. Um, yes, uh, May 27, 1781, and he died March 31st, 2016. Or did he? Because oh. his hand pops up out of the ground, which would mean at the time of his death and time of birth, he would be 229 years. Oh, that's impressive. So he's lived a life. I mean, he's is that... That's a little bit younger than the actual United States, but not a little much. bit, <laughs> like five years, right? Seventeen seventy six was when it was founded. So, yeah. yeah, he's almost as old as the nation. Wow, so he's seen a lot of stuff. You think he owned slaves? Uh, obviously, he's from Stone Mountain, Georgia. Do you think his family were like wealthy enough to own slaves? Well, I I mean I don't I mean they were certainly uh, uh, permissive in that whole. Yikes. Or, I mean, organization, I don't even know what you call it, in that way of economy. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I'm pretty sure they were. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, not tarnish poor no. Kenneth's well, legacy. And he's from Stone Mountain. <laughs> um, they literally have a monument, like a big oh, monument yeah. dedicated to the Confederacy there. That's true. Um, yeah. Although, was 2016 the year that all those beloved celebrities died? So it was, it was like David Bowie and Prince was that because I remember it was around 2016, but I can't remember because I was gonna make a joke about oh they didn't live to see, they wouldn't they didn't live to see Trump get elected. Then I was like wait a second was that the year that all those celebrities passed away? I feel like it was sooner than that. Or it might have been oh, before. Right. He died in early 2016. Oh, yeah. And Prince that was must have Prince. been 2016 as well. Yep. Yeah, so so Aww. see, 30 Rock predicted the rash of beloved celebrity deaths in 2016. Aww. Yikes. That's heartbreaking. Thanks for the reminder. No. Prince is someone that I just 
I like a couple of his songs, but I've never really given him a chance. I guess I should listen to more of his discography. He has many albums. Yeah. They're all on Spotify, aren't they now? I think so. Wasn't that one of those things where it was off for a while, but they all... Well, he was very litigious about YouTube uploads and things like that. Yeah. Well, there's there's a kind of a funny one where he covered Radiohead's Creep at a live concert and someone uploaded it and he had them take it down and then Radiohead was like, fuck you, put it up, it's our song. You may have covered it, but it's our song. So they ended up putting it back up on YouTube. That was kind of funny. But yeah, he was very litigious about his music uh, streaming and things like that. But I think, yeah, I think most of it is available now. Yeah, it looks like there's, yes, dozens and dozens of Prince albums. So there you go. Same with David Bowie. I haven't listened to too much of his music. Should probably do that one day. Or I won't. Anyway, so that's 100. That's 30 Rock's 100th episodes. Final thoughts. We went long and we apologize, but uh, there was a lot to share and discuss inside of this episode. When we didn't have 15-minute rants about... uh, God, what did we talk about last episode about the streaming the industry, TV business the TV business and all that fun totally stuff. off topic for 30 Rock yeah yeah, yeah. alright final thoughts on this episode before we say adieu like considering this is the 100th episode so it is a milestone in terms of you know being a, a big poignant moment for the show um, do you think it's sort of I mean, I guess it really just depends on someone like you who follows sort of the inside TV, the inside baseball TV. Obviously, the 100th episode means something. But if you're just the average casual viewer, 100 episodes probably doesn't. You probably don't maybe know that syndication numbers or anything like that. So it's like if you're watching. Well, technically, syndication numbers is 88 because that's four seasons. Oh, you're right. Why is 100 more synonymous with it? I think, I mean, I don't know if it's, I mean, because if you've done 100, well, because if you've done 100 episodes, then you're definitely in syndication. Well, at least you were at this time, I mm-hmm. think, but um, I don't know. I mean, I think most shows do milestone episodes with their 100th episodes, yeah, so that's, that's why true. people pay attention to it. I don't know. Yeah. I, and it has a better number than 88. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just 88 because that is standard, standard episode, a standard 22. network season is 22 episodes, so four season syndication. Yeah. Yeah. 88. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think because of the the bigness of the episode and they, they bring in a lot of callbacks and references and self-references and things like that to this to themselves and uh, it sort of brings in that reminiscent of that Tracy does Conan episode of everything especially in the latter half being like super fast paced and everything's moving and, and, and pushing towards that ending um, I think it I think it the first part of the episode is kind of slow, but it's setting everything up. And I think the second part is a lot stronger and is more reminiscent of a good 30 Rock episode. But what do you think? Are we ever going to see Dennis Duffy again? Yes. Oh, he boy. does return. Um, I know he definitely returns in the final season because obviously, you know, it's the final season. So you have to bring everybody back. That's important. Um, but I'm, I'm almost certain he comes back in the sixth season, but it's been a little while, so we'll just have to keep our eyes out for him. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> I guess it is a little noticeable over the past few episodes that, apart from, obviously, the Queen of Jordan episode, like, there hasn't been a lot of... Like, Trace is missing, but there hasn't been any interaction from Angie. 
like you, at mm-hmm. all like because she really I mean I guess she's been mentioned a little bit but it's like I don't know it would have been I mean especially since there were so many callbacks and characters in this episode like it would have been nice to have had Angie in it in some way well, especially well, because a lot of it revolves around you know yeah. Tracy trying to find his I don't know trying to get back to his yeah. roots or whatever but Tom Hanks doesn't come cheap that's so true they couldn't afford they couldn't afford Sherry Shepard exactly. anymore exactly uh, well, as always, thank you for joining us on Go To There. If you like what we're doing, rating, reviewing, and all that fun stuff, it's got to be the best way to help us out. Otherwise, we will see you in next week's episode. Everything sunny all the time, always, where we continue the storyline leading to the finale. We've got just two more episodes of season five, as well as the return of Avery to 30 Rock and setting up her storyline of being trapped in North Korea. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, but we get a fun Margaret Cho cameo, which she is very, seemingly very limited use on TV nowadays. She was bigger in, like, the late 90s. and then Yeah. She was on Mass Singer yeah, a year or two ago now. But, yeah, she, she doesn't. She had much of a TV presence for a while. Anyway, um, but we will look forward to that in episode 101. Dave, take us out. See you next time. Wow, five years. It makes you think about all the fun we've had together. But you know the single most amazing thing that's happened over the last five years? That is true, sir. But today does make me wonder where we'll all be five years from now. Have a uh, have a debertation tonight. We had a very Darris Darrison by. Let's go ahead, Terrace Station. Let's go to the bit they haven't picked. Excellent.